everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the finest podcast that you're going to listen to on this website, iTunes, Android, Google Play, wherever you're coming from. This is, without a doubt, another edition of this podcast. I am your host, Patrick, and I am joined by my best friend, one of my great friends, Steve. Thank you for joining me today. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing. I'm doing exceptionally well. I'm uh, uh, just enjoying basking in the uh, Northern California summer and uh, just uh, getting ready to rock on a, a wide variety of topics that we have to discuss today. You're excited today. You also told me you're excited for another reason. Why is this excitement like palpable for you today? Well, I mean, should we start with uh, the fact that it's our uh, 23rd episode of the show? And uh, with that being said, you know, the obvious people would think that we're going with Michael Jordan for number 23, but we've already used Michael Jordan. And uh, so this one, we've decided to team up with uh, two of our favorite baseball teams. And uh, we are rolling out with episode 23 being our conjoined Jermaine Dye David Freeze episode uh, for the number twenty three. Both worlds or did Freeze win the MVP? Jermaine Dye won. He the definitely World won the MVP. Yeah, so yeah. co World Series MVPs uh, for episode twenty three. So and by by conjoined, you mean it like the stuck uh, the Matt Damon movie, the Stuck on You, where yeah, they're conjoined together. Greg so Kinnear, I think yeah, is in that exactly. So stuck. conjoined together. So this is not not David Freeze alone or Jermaine Dye alone. This is a beast of a person it's a, together. It's a melding of uh of world series mvps it's a smorgasbord of awesomeness but <laughs> without further ado and ranting on like a bambling fool steve tell us the details yes absolutely you want to check out our show at ohthispodcast.com uh you can catch uh previous episodes you can catch our future episodes there uh you can also get them on uh on google play you can get them on itunes uh, you could uh, also uh, check us out on Facebook. We also we post links to the show uh, episodes there, as well as the other random mutterings, such as a scouting report on a uh, pitcher that we're going to be talking about today, and other, other random posts that we decide that uh, either entertain us or we think will entertain you. Uh, we're out there on Twitter. Patrick and I are both out there on Twitter. And uh, yeah, and then we've also got, uh, if you're feeling like supporting the show, we've got our uh, Patreon page where you can uh, you can hit the link on our website and uh, donate there. You can also go to Patreon and search for all this podcast, find uh, different ways to contribute to the show. Exactly. 100%. I mean, that was perfect. That was perfect. Uh, but I want to take and do also before we hop into our magnificent beer of the week, I want to give everybody who is fans of the show a little piece of advice about the hot tub beer of the week. If you do bring glassware to the pool, you will get yelled at. So note to self, do not go with the bottles. Try to find everything in cans. Uh, we don't have a glass. We don't have a hot tub beer of the week because it was confiscated because it was in a glass bottle. But Steve, what's our beer of the week? Well, Patrick, uh, we are. this would be actually a, a decent candidate for a, a hot tub beer, but uh, we are in Chicago, Illinois. Could it be a conjoined beer. hot tub beer, beer of the week? Yeah, I think, it, yeah, we could meld this one as well. Um, we're, we're drinking Daisy Cutter from Half Acre Beer Company in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, this is a uh, another just a very solid pale ale, uh, West Coast style, a little bit more bitter than uh, the uh, than some of the other pale ales that we've had um, on, the, on the show. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, basically pours golden, uh, a lot of uh, floral and citrus aromas to it from the hops, uh, pretty highly carbonated. And uh, very bitter finish and, and dry finish as well. It clocks in at 5.2 ABV, 
um, yeah, just a, a really solid Chicago beer, 93 on Beer Advocate and uh, 98 on Rate Beer. So, uh, yeah, tasty little beverage comes in cans, so it's it's perfect for your hot tub needs. Um, and I think they've got, they actually make a, a bigger version, like a Imperial, I think they call it like Double Daisy Cutter. They make a couple different uh, twists on it, but uh, we're just drinking the standalone base beer today. Yeah, and it's good. For those who don't aren't huge like bitter fans, like IPA fans like myself, this is actually like a very palatable uh, beer. It doesn't. It's not as bitter as you'd think. I think it's pretty smooth. It's it, it's bitter, but yeah, it's not. I wouldn't call it overpoweringly bitter, but it is. It's certainly not like a. It's not like a pilsner where it's very uh, easy. Like you know, like just straight up, you know, easy drinking. There there is a little. There are hops to it and some character there that uh, if you're not quite used to, you might need a little bit of uh, lead up into it. But yeah, it's certainly if you've had a beer that's got any sort of. Uh, uh, flavor to it um, with you know any sort of hops or anything like that you should be able to handle this pretty simply it's my go-to byob beer for when we head out to sushi para for all you can eat sushi it's a it's a shout pretty out to, <laughs> shout out to sushi para they're not they're not sponsoring this episode or anything like that but if they want to talk to me uh we'll figure we something could, we out we can do an episode live from uh <laughs> well in the midst of a all you can eat sushi session live from the dojo <laughs> just like <laughs> anyway without further ado that is our beer of the week and and Steve, take us in. Let's do this. Let's ha ha. Let us come in. Yeah. Come in yeah, Patrick. Let the big dog eat. So you and I uh, just uh, teamed up on a purchase uh, earlier uh, in the week. Uh, or was it was late last week, I think, was it? Was, it uh, it was sometime we spent money we shouldn't have. Yeah, well, you know, that that's all relative. But uh, we uh, we swooped on to a uh, sale that they were having at Lids, and uh, we picked up some uh, some new headgear. And, uh, yeah, and it just led me to, uh, get to thinking about the two, uh, the two main types of hats that they've got selling there and the, which being you, you have your older, your more traditional snapback and your more modern fitted hat. And, uh, just kind of, uh, amusing. Cause it's like, I, I went back to thinking, it's like, I can't recall the last time that I willingly bought a snapback hat. I can probably 1998. Yeah. 98 really yeah 19, what was it it was the 1998 uh it was the sixth bulls championship hat okay okay that's probably the yeah. last time you willingly bought that uh, a hat Which like that i so yeah i had that hat but i didn't buy it <laughs> well no you didn't buy it you acquired it vis-a-vis yeah. uh a means of because that was the one with the multicolored like stripes going back like back you know from the from the crown of the cap going back right they all had that yeah. Well, no, I mean they they had different versions, but like this one, I I think that I'm I think I'm picturing the right one, but uh, yeah. So I would say like I think the last time I had a snapback hat, um, that wasn't for a dedicated purpose was maybe maybe in high school, but I don't think I bought it either. I think I just got it. I think I inherited it somehow. Um, I don't know. Like, what are you? Do you like the the snapback hat, or are you are you more into the fitteds? I'm more into the fitteds. I just don't understand the whole snapback. I I remember snapback hats be, growing up as a kid. Is that's the that those are the cheap hats, you know? Those are the ones yeah. that are just like the discounts. And now they're come snapback fashion is coming back, and it's like thirty, forty bucks, fifty bucks for some of these things. Now that's absurd. It, it, it it's crazy because you have last fabric. It just doesn't feel right. But I don't know. I'm a I'm a fan of hats just in general. So, but if you look sure. at my rack right now, uh, my uh, coat rack, which has got all hats on it, it it's basically. I think there might be a jacket. I don't know. I'll have to double check. But there, 
it's probably 98% of it is fitted. And then yeah. one hat is one, maybe two hats are uh, snapback. And the reason it's a, the one I have is a snapback is it's like an old school retro Mighty Ducks hat. Like okay. the whole, like the original Mighty Ducks uh, Disney branding uh, for when they first had the expansion team in the, into the NHL, those original yeah. jerseys with the maroon and teal or maroon and turquoise, which whoever was like the person who decided that that was the color palette <laughs> to choose from, like they must've been also the one who was doing like, I don't know, <laughs> the Miami well, Dolphins. Do, like, they, like they had to do something different than what the rest of the league had. But yeah, I mean, I, I know where you're coming from there. It's uh it's a, it's a strange choice. It's a strange choice, but then as you grow up and look at it, it's like, oh, wow. These are – I mean, the 90s, they were doing that all the time with – I remember the old Washington Capitals colors used to be like that. But for me – Rad, rad extreme 90s. Yeah, but for me, it's a like – I think I started to migrate over to fitted hats more – for baseball like you'd everybody got like you started getting those authentic uh 5950s like when i was in high school i had a mets hat that was the most disgusting mets hat ever but it was the (laughs) first black one i wore it for four summers straight and it was the most comfortable thing it became an attachment to me but i was also on a mets team in you know middle school and baseball and stuff like that but like yeah yeah i definitely know that it feels more comfortable to when you put on a nice crisp brand new fitted hat and then it hasn't been sweat through a lot and it just feels great what about you <laughs> tell me more me? about your uh, your purchase and our wearing habits right so i'm like i'm almost exclusively fitted i've got probably two dozen hats and about to add at least two more this weekend if not if not more depending on uh what uh, shows up at the fresno grizzlies store uh, when i go out to the game Hashtag on saturday best team ever <laughs> scored jesus christ 61 runs in two games combined between them and las vegas this <laughs> these, these past two poor nights. defense but, or good hitting i think mostly good hitting and bad pitching yeah but uh yes i will i will come home with at least two hats possibly more um they will definitely be fitted in seven and a quarter um but yeah i think the where it started for me uh was like in when I when I jumped from like playing in-house baseball to playing travel ball so like you know around probably 10 9 or 10 where you know I started playing travel baseball and that was like one of the things it was like getting called up to the show like you moved up to the traveling team you got more uniforms you got like nicer uniforms and you got a fitted hat and that was like that was like you made it like I remember one of my first fitted hats like it had my name on it everything like that was that was fucking where it was at man like you, you there was nothing there was nothing better at that point than to like have your own gear like personalized now you can get stuff personalized really easily but back then it was a lot harder yeah 100 percent. and i think even in the whole snapbacks fitted hats it's like the do- the debate could be about the the fit there and which ones we like and what the perceived value of them is i think there's also d- like there's categories of fitted hats too because i won't just buy any fitted hats it's you know, this might sound bougie, this is my thing, but there's only one brand that I'll buy. And it's they're not paying me to say this, but it's something about New Era and they've get oh, yeah. it, they get it right. Like you can go get like some of the college hats, the Zephyr ones or like forty that just don't fit right. They just feel cheaper. They just feel cheaper, yeah. but they're still going I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Like no, I, I I'm I'm in the same boat. I mean, give me a fifty nine fifty. 
that's pretty much all I've got. Uh, I mean, as far as uh, anything that I really care about uh, in my my burgeoning hat collection. Um, what do you do? You think do you put the do you leave the sticker on the fifty nine fifty? You take the sticker off. Uh, on the brim or what do you mean? On the brim, yeah. Oh, so I take the fifty nine fifty sticker off the top, obviously. Yeah. But so I've on occasion had the holographic ones on for a, a little bit, but. Yeah. You know, leaving not, them fresh. Yeah, leaving it there. But I'm not the ones who are keeping like the tags on in case I need to like wearing it out with like the tags coming out of an eye hole. That just doesn't seem right. that doesn't seem there. Right. Like, but it's good. I, the reason I also like the 5950 stuff is because it just like there there's so much they fit well. They're good, but they're starting to be like ubiquitous in terms of all these different sports. Like right now, I can't even tell. I think I'm wearing my Raiders hat. You're wearing an NFL hat. That's all I can see. Is it black and gray? Well, yeah. Okay, so it's the Raiders hat. But it's like they've managed to go from this tiny, tiny company that had the baseball contracts to having all these different different leagues and different, like the NBA and all these different things. And they just look awesome. Like, so you're talking about some of the stuff that you had just purchased. What has some of the stuff that you just purchased? Like, I know that you're on a kick right now for some things. And we're doing, we did the, the minor league hat of the month because they're freaking sweet. Yes. Um, I'm on, my kick is I'm trying to acquire a hat from every baseball team in the country, uh, regardless of level. So that's what I'm working on. I'm I'm chipping away at that pretty pretty steadily in the past uh, few months so uh got a, i got a good start but uh yeah i mean that's that's kind of the thing that i'm i'm shooting for now and it's like i'm not doing it just solely to collect it like it's just i mean i guess i have i have money that i can dispose on this and it's like hey that'd be cool to just have a collection like that and so i just started kicking around and, and plus there's some awesome hats and plus it gives me uh, a variety of stuff to wear that i wouldn't normally like go through so it's like I mean, I can rock a different hat, you know, mul- different hats multiple times a day and, and stuff like that where I can like rotate stuff out. So I'm not like beating on and like having sweat and stuff ruin some of these hats. I can just kind of rotate things a little easier. And then uh, I've got, uh, uh, you know, some some style. I mean, I'm getting I'm getting mad street cred. I go into lids with some of these minor league hats that I'm rocking. Like people are like, what the like? who the hell had is that? I was like, Oh, it's like some minor league team. Like I was wearing my inland empire 66ers hat on Saturday when I went in the lids, like when I was at the mall and uh, just like, was that, is that some minor league team? He's like, that's one of the best hats I've ever seen. It's like, yeah, it's, it's pretty legit. I mean, it's like Columbia blue with white in the front and orange. I mean, it's, it matches my softball team's colors. So that works out pretty nicely. I bought it because Mike Trout went down and did a rehab stint with them. And I, I was looking around on their website. I was like, Oh crap, that's a cool hat. I'm going to buy that one. Yeah, I um, found I found out that the, the styling of the fifty nine fifties is like what draws me in. I just see like they have constant like new designs and variations of designs. I mean, I just bought a like a black Expos hat, which I mean, those one those clearly weren't around back in the day. It's like one of those new things. It's one of the only ones I've seen. So it's like I had to get that hat because they had it in my size and it was available and it was on sale. It's like what they're practically paying me to do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's like I, like. I've had those moments recently where I've been walking around like festivals or downtown and just by having, you know, like obscure hats, people will comment on it. Like we've got that Fresno tacos hat that I walk around Mm -hmm. with. And it's like that thing is way out there in terms. Well, it also could be the fact that I'm wearing either one of three giant panda faced (laughs) T-shirts, too. 
but it's like the whole thing it's like it, those are conversation pieces people have come up to me and it's like dude where'd you get that like i was at the goose island brewery and some people was just like literally staring at the back of my head my brother's like can i help you like oh just curious what that hat is it's like i found that a lot of this is like conversation starters and so like I've been trying to pick off like ones that are more obscure that people don't know because there's definitely some minor, like in the minor league game, the hat game is strong like because they're all trying to take and do like different things as gimmicks yep. to get people in and you can probably allude to more of the food stuff here after this but I like to try to find like minor league teams that just you know don't give a fuck and just try to put out a cool brand like. I just got one that in that order that batch of order, which is a team that I don't even I have never seen before, but it just is the Tennessee Smokies. I'm not a Cubs fan. I'm not a fan of their farm system. Yeah, well, that but, was a sweet hat. Yeah, and it's just got it's bright cherry red, blue. It's awesome. It can go with anything. And then the other thing that I'm really like the Hartford Yard Goats, man. Like there's teams that you would never expect to like wear, mm-hmm. but that have these just like these amazing different creative departments like and it takes an app actually helps you celebrate a little bit about you know the sports and the players coming up i see you're rocking your you know your charlotte hat right now charlotte, and because charlotte it's yon mancata day yeah exactly so but like what about some of this food stuff you've seen some of you've gotten some of these uh food hats behind the taco ones but you saw yep. uh you're the one who's the foremost uh cutting edge expert on the <laughs> minor league baseball food stuff. What have you seen lately that has impressed you upon that front? Um, so I've got two that I've got basically added to my cart and haven't purchased yet. Uh, I've got the Charlotte Pitmasters, which is just the Charlotte Knights, but they uh, one night a year they flip over and uh, do a barbecue theme. And so it's just got a, uh, a pulled pork sandwich on the, on the front that somehow has gotten eyes and arms. Um, and <laughs> So that one, and it's like, it's like Texas, like University of Texas, orange colored, which is pretty cool too. Burnt. Um, and white, white on the front panel. So that, that's, uh, that's pretty solid. And then the Albuquerque isotopes, when they converted, they played the Fresno Grizzlies who, who were changed to the Fresno tacos. Um, they did a, a night where they played against uh, Albuquerque. And so Albuquerque switched over to the green chili cheeseburgers. Um, so I've got, uh, I've got that one that I'm waiting on picking up as well, because there's just a gargantuan cheeseburger with green chili peppers on top of it. The procurement department is running a little slow in the Hombaker household right now, right? Well, I, I will get, uh, uh, I can buy hats. I've, I've got no problem, but I will get criticized if I, if I buy too many too quickly by my significant other. So it's a, uh, it's a balancing act. Just say it, at least it's not a guitar. So any final thoughts on these? Hats? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, the last, the last thing I have is that I just wish that they would make some of the snapback designs into fitted hats because there are some awesome snapback designs, like the retro, especially like the early 90s uh, logos and stuff. It's like, just make it into a damn fitted and I will buy one in a heartbeat. Take my money if you can take and make anything Vancouver Grizzlies. Yep. Va- Vancouver Grizzlies, like the old school with like the totem poles. If those were in 5950s, I'd, I would be head to toe decked there and i would buy some of the warner brothers uh big country uh t- or <laughs> shoes big country shoes big country <laughs> shoes and see what happened there so you know put yourself a little ensemble you do have a basketball court in your complex this uh, is you true easily, this is true you could easily be living out a dream down there <laughs> this is true here listen hashtag andrew marks <laughs> you kidding <laughs> 
gosh, I I'll have to tell everybody on the podcast about that basketball game, but I'm gonna I'm gonna digress into a later time there for that. So. <laughs> we can we can divulge the secrets uh, at, at another time. But yeah, exactly. Um, any any last thoughts uh, for you there on uh, on our snapbacks and fitness? None, none whatsoever. None whatsoever. Well, Patrick, uh, let's let's adjourn. Let's we 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 already talked a little bit about uh, uh, this this squadron in our. Ba, 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 ba. Uh, Oh no, we we're not we're not. There's no horn for this one. This one's gonna get a quack, 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 because you talked about the Mighty Ducks. We've had a a very in depth conversation about this off the air. Now we've got to bring this thing to the to the peeps. We got to talk about which Mighty Ducks characters are your best represent you as a person. What's your who out of the Mighty Ducks entire roster? Or within the entire the entire realm of Mighty Ducks films, what character or characters best represents you as a person? Very, very existential question. A very deep, thoughtful experiment. So this is an exploration into which one is my spirit animal? Your spirit animal, your spirit guide. Uh, you know, it could be guides. You could have multiple. I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Um, you know, you can you can identify with uh, with many characters, many different themes within the uh, various fine films of the franchise. Let's just first off, like celebrate this as an organiz- like as a franchise that was amazing. But also, like, what was with the fact that they had Gordon Bombay getting hammered, drunk, and driving? Right. In the first movie, like who in their right mind thought that that was a great way to open up a kids movie? They're really like, for whatever reason, they are just really heavy on dysfunctional family situations or dysfunctional humans in like some of these like early, I guess. I mean, shit, it goes back to like Homeward uh, Bound was animal neglect, you know, like you could look at anything. you, You go through and there's these clear cases of like you're being an awful human being um hey now lead a a ragtag group of uh of kids to a sports championship like think about like it it went beyond just the 90s i mean it went like i mean the movie hardball keanu reeves is a degenerate degenerate gambler and then he becomes a coach of a little league team and then all is redeemed yeah and i also have to make another comment before i give you some spirit animals is like gordon bombay Size nine skates? Come on, man! Get some real skates, man! Get a real foot. You know, I'm get, I'm trying to rock a size fifteen skates. That's that's a struggle. Like 15, that's a real struggle. Yes, yeah, it's a real struggle. But okay, so if we're gonna have to do this, like my spirit animal, it could take and start with many different ways. And I'm not gonna I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna rule out some people straight off the bat. Okay, everybody wants to be Charlie Conway. Uh-huh. I, I can't skate like it. Well, I guess he was a horrible skater at first. But, you know, Joshua Jackson, no, I'm not going to be somebody who's going to be coming up in Dawson's Creek in the future, you know? you know, I'm not going to be not knowing how to play poker in Ocean's Eleven, getting hustled by George Clooney. I know they're not related to D2, but I knew at, when they wrote that character that these were natural storylines that he was going to progress to in his career. So, ain't got no time for that. I think that you would definitely find a little Goldberg in me and definitely find a little Carp in me. Uh, just because of like the entrepreneurial attitude of Carp to sell the <laughs> s- swimsuit editions there, uh, and the ingenuity to try to take and make people laugh. The funniest part is when he gets hit in the pu- in the head with the puck and the densest thing. How many fingers is he holding up? He won't know that on a good day. I feel like <laughs> there's some days that I feel like I, I embody that too, 
And Goldberg is the one that everybody blames for farting. So I think that that's a natural progression for me because they'll blame me um, <laughs> for that. But there's definitely uh, a strong – my hockey ability would 100% be Fulton Reed in uh, Mighty Ducks 1 because, you know, 1 for 5. You get me out there, I'll take the slap shots. <laughs> it ain't going nowhere. Uh, one for five, and like that's the thing. It's like one for five would be brutal in like any sort of organized hockey above where they're playing. Yes, <laughs> but when you've got a howitzer like that on the point, I mean, he's a prime candidate for the. It's a quarterback, your power play, right? Oh, there. absolutely. He's the Shea Weber that can come out <laughs> he's there. Your, he's your Brent Burns. Yeah, for just sure. just teach him how to skate backwards, and he'd be good. What say you, Steve? <laughs> Who are some of your? Uh, Spirit animals, ducks. Well, starting no, off. No, wait. Can you take I, and pick Mike Madonna because he was in the movie, or do they have to be <laughs> ducks? No, I think I think it, we should we should rule out uh, we should rule out the professional hockey players and just leave it to straight for the ducks. Okay, sounds good. Or coaches, <laughs> or attorneys, or anything. You yes. can put those guys in too. Yeah. Um. So I I would definitely say a little bit of the Goldberg action. Um. Because I always wanted to be a goaltender. When I played, I didn't play a ton of hockey as a kid. I played enough, but uh, it was mostly like street hockey. And I always wanted to be a goaltender. I was a catcher playing baseball. Always, me too. Um, and you know, eventually I, I you know moved out of the field, but I was a catcher growing up. But it's like, oh, I, I figured, oh hell, well you know, I'll I'll be fine at this. You know, I I block stuff every day when I go play baseball, and I just found out very quickly that I was not very good at it. <laughs> and I think and Goldberg also does the same. It's like I, I would always uh, like once once anyone like I could stop something shot right at me because, you know, Goldberg was a big guy. I was a big guy. It's like if it's if it's straight on, no one's messing around with anything. It's like, all right, cool. Once people start deacon and stuff, I'm biting all over the place. And that's the, that's the problem. Just like Goldberg, uh, you know, he he's happy to give up the net uh, once uh, people start uh, showing the cat. skill. Yeah, show once people start showing a little skill around there, he's he he's he knows his role and he's shutting his mouth. He's walking, he's getting off the ice as quick as possible. So that's uh that's definitely one of uh one of my my guides for uh, how I would base myself. Awesome, awesome. I just thought of one as I was going here, but I forgot it now. Um, shit, you should tell me some of more of yours. <laughs> as I, I'll, I'll go back to mine. Yes, well. You you were already raining, you know, hellfire down on him. I'm going with Charlie Conway, um, because it's too one, easy to go with Conway. No, 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 no. See, I was a bit, I'm a really bad skater at, at first. I'm an amateur hockey player at best, so I, I identify with that. Uh, but see, I, I I'm not all about the flash. I'm about the intangibles. I'm about being a leader. It's not about being the most talented person. You keep the team together. The tr- the triple deke sucks. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Like the, the triple deke is the worst shootout move ever. Uh, but uh, you know what? Whatever. You know, that that's how he, he made his hay. He's like, he's your Jonathan Taves. He's your guy. He's going to go up there. He's going five hole. You know, he's going to go there and yeah. look what he does in the shootout. He goes five hole. He scores. It's just, it's the way you got to do things. Sometimes he's the leader. He keeps everything on a, on an even, uh, on an even key. And that's what I like about him. He's the lead singer driver of the Winnebago damn skippy that's tr- that's hilarious i'm a little i'm a little upset though if emilio was hooking up with my mom though emilio yeah i I'm emilio sheen <laughs> look it up with small feet too because if you got a brother he's gonna be like this small little brother too and he's gonna have an yeah, uncle yeah. uncle charlie <laughs> who doesn't have a chocolate factory i just i i i thought about what i was gonna say before so uh peter the little snot 
I have a okay. feeling that Peter got picked he's up. The, he's the one with the jacket, right? Like he yeah, wears the, the leather jacket. Who's like, I don't want to be on a team that's an animal, <laughs> not in a British or stupid <laughs> accent. But I think Peter got picked up uh, for like mail fraud, probably, or writing bad <laughs> checks, or even like making fake credit cards in college. Like, uh, like wait, in, in reality that happened, or you're just assuming that? No, happened? no, his character, like just the way okay. it's portrayed. You know, he didn't get on to, I don't think he was in D2 because of this. You know, he might have went to like uh, Uni- Minnesota State University and played for Hayden <laughs> Fox or something like that. But like he was one that I could not stand. I would never put him in any of my thing, any of their. But what are your thoughts about Adam Banks? He's a crucial, crucial player uh, oh, in yeah. this whole in this whole thing. At first he comes in and he's not welcome or, you know, uh, warm, warm reception to. But mm-hmm. like. As the movies progress, he definitely like becomes a vital part of the whole narrative. Oh, it's it's a you know he goes you go type scenario. the The team's not going anywhere without him, right? I mean that's that's just the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. Um, yeah, I mean I can't don't play really have to... can't play with a broken wrist though. That that's a fair point. That's a fair point, but uh, the you know. Teams have to overcome adversity time. You got to have your guys. That's when you need your captain. You need your Charlie Conway to step up and and help boost the efforts of other lesser known players on that roster, so that you guys can uh, weather the weather the storm and wait until your guy gets back. If they had Aberman as captain, they would have been just fine too. They would have been oh, just fine. What, you know, you can play hypotheticals all you want, but here's what happened: Charlie Conway took the took care of business. Did you know that the coach from the Hawks in the first one was also the dad in the movie Son-in-Law? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> it's true. Look it up. It's like great. So I just Son-in-Law. That's with Paulie Shore. Paulie right? Shore. Yeah, absolutely. And but that would probably be why I'm not watching. We're gonna make another hop. The brother in Son-in-Law was the guy who was in the Sandlot. The big guy, the catcher. Okay. There's. I know for. I think uh, you play Eugene ball like a girl. Walking yeah. Dead is in D. Is it? What's the one where they have like the the private school in it? Is that, D three? That, yeah, that's D three. Yeah, Eugene from The Walking Dead, I think, is in that. I don't, See, and I don't know if he plays a significant role, but I remember seeing him in there. It's like, oh wait. <laughs> yeah, I think a little bit. So let's talk about some of these auxiliary movies because the first one gives us the 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 piece of like the duck's aura, you know. And in D two, they ta- start talking a little bit about, you know, we're bringing in more people because it's America's team, and they get sponsored by Hendrix hockey and taking start to taking go down that route for the, the night. What is it? The 1994 Goodwill games. Uh, I would yeah, say part like of, part of my spirit animal is the polar bear for Hendrix hockey. 100% uh, well, the bumbling yeah, polar bear. I have to make a correction to myself. I meant, I meant Abraham, not Eugene from walking dead. Really? Don't, I don't want to get busted on that one. Okay. Interesting. I was, I was just thinking of the same characters, but yes, go ahead. Yeah. So the Hendrix hockey uh, polar bear would definitely be part of my spirit animal because he bumbles around <laughs> and gets locked up there. But what say you from the what say, say you from D two or and or D three? Because I know you got Gunner Stall on your list here. How oh. can you not have Gunner Stall on your list? Well, I have Gunner Stall on the list, and there's a a, a good reason for having Gunner Stall on this list. Because um, he's and, the last Stall brother playing in the NHL. Uh, bad joke. <laughs> uh, this is a uh, a personal story. Uh, involving some some a couple of friends of mine, uh, who I won't I won't put their business directly out on the streets, uh, but uh, we'll just say that uh, one of 
after after losing a bet, uh, well, it wasn't even really a bet. A friend of mine uh, insisted that the uh, Blackhawks were not going to sweep the San Jose Sharks in 2010 in the uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Okay, and uh, um, my other friend said, "Well, yeah, they are." This was after Game One, uh, so obviously it's a crapshoot. But there was really nothing to wager. And then my other friend got, I guess, belligerent and said, "If the Blackhawks." Uh, sweep the sweep the sharks, then I will shave my hair into a Patrick Kane style mullet. And <laughs> my other buddy helped and held him to that. And lo and behold, the Blackhawks swept them. So my friend wound up having to shave his head into a Patrick Kane style mullet, uh, which was quite humorous. Um, then, uh, so on the flip side, you know, after you know the the pain and suffering of having a ridiculous hairstyle set in, uh, as a as a goodwill gesture, the friend that, uh, you know, uh, didn't have to shave his head said that he would shave his head into a mullet and wear it to work. If the friend who had lost the original bet named his firstborn child, Gunnar Stahl. <laughs> That's awesome. So that, and that is a standing offer. Uh, and, and the, and one of my friends has, has remained with that, uh, standing offer that if, if he ever does this, uh, and, and this, my other friend shaves his head into a mullet and goes to work with it, that he will name his firstborn son, Gunnar Stahl. That is, that is amazing. That's like <laughs> with, the- uh, withholding his last name. Um, uh, but I mean, he, he's fancy. He'll go go upside. He will go, you know. But wasn't Gunnar Stahl in like three Mighty Ducks movies? Like he was also he was on Team Iceland, but then I think they brought him back for D three because <laughs> they knew he could skate, and so he was also like <laughs> like Frank Picard, and he was like <laughs> trust fund person going to the private school. But now, so my question is the progressions between the three movies. So you had D one, right, or Mighty mm-hmm. Ducks, as we will call it. They go from District 5 to be the champions there. And then they go all the way to the Goodwill Games. And then they're trying to become a varsity team on a private yeah. school. <laughs> like, there's some sort of, like, you know, they should, you know, break up the band at some point and in thank time. Thank goodness that Emilio's a lawyer because that's the only way they're able to get that thing uh, knocked out. Yeah, Coach Bombay getting hit <laughs> by the that uh, blowing out his knee and then them playing the one-on-one in d2 okay so i've told you some more of my spirit animals who else would you be would you pick any of the new casting characters in the d2 movies no i'm not i'm honestly not going past uh uh, i'm not going past the original franchise or the original film the franchise (laughs) that's not bad i I, I, I like to stick to the stick to the the og one so well so i i do have one last note on the on the gunner stall situation which i would i would love to have uh I would I definitely say that Gunnar Stahl is an element of it because we all want to be fancy. Um, you know, we, we want to be that that star player. Um, you know, why not? Uh, why wouldn't we want to have some of that? But I will say that he he clearly violates the rules on that shootout. You cannot stop the puck when you're on a shootout. Julie the cat the Gaffney. Stop. She she puck, doesn't yeah, need you to do that. Like she stop can... it, yeah, towards towards the goal. That that shot should have been called off from the get go. He stops, stops the puck, and then takes a shot. She snares it, but that's a that's a clearly illegal shot. That 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 thing should have been waved off from the get go. Where are the officials when you need them? <laughs> They're in the break room trying to have wait for the <laughs> Trinidad game to start. Like Trinidad <laughs> hockey is like okay, we know you had cool runnings, guys. You don't really have to keep doing this, but Julie the cat Gaffney, you know, you can't go glove side on her. She's just gonna be she's gonna no, lock she's, it. And how crazy is that, man? You pull you pull uh, Goldberg out of there, and then you you put in uh, the cat for the for the shootout. I mean, that's a Cole. that's a danger. 
That's a that's a risky move. Yeah. Ice cold too, just for the shootout. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. That's a, that's a that's a balls to the wall move by Gordon Bombay. That's and that's why I like Gordon Bombay because he don't mess around. Yeah. Whether but he's it's got drinking, size nine. whether it's coaching, he don't mess around. Or lawyering. <laughs> or lawyering. Yep, exactly. Quack, 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 Mr. Ducksworth. Da, 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 da. Too funny. <laughs> Too funny. So if we have to wrap this up and kind of give our recap. So I'm pro-Carp. I'm pro-Goldberg. Uh, who else was I? Definitely Fulton. And probably mm-hmm. pro-Polar Bear. And you are a little bit of Goldberg. Goldberg with, with Conway. With Conway. Okay. Two polarizing things because you have Mr. Hustle and then Mr. Get Out of the Way. It's like, <laughs> how could you it, be there? I think I feel like it perfectly embodies me. I want to hustle and I want to be Johnny on the spot, but there's always that element of it where it's like, I don't want to do this fucking shit. Like, just let me sit here. Yeah, you wanted to be Connie, but you didn't want to put that publicly. <laughs> right, right. You you gotta you gotta balance the street cred with the uh, with the you know the the straight and narrow that uh, Conway brings. Yes, yes. Can we definitely do uh can we make a trip to go to Mall of America and go rollerblading through the mall? I've I've been to Mall of America. It's it's fairly impressive. But you yes, want, why not? Let's go roller rollerblading like they do. That's great. Absolutely. Do they fun. still make rollerblades? I bet you can find them. If not, we can sure. we can make them. Oh, this podcast branded <laughs> rollerblades. You can and just I make how about we roller skate? <laughs> Dude, that shit's hard. That shit's roller skate. It's not hard. It's it's not easy. Okay, well, I mean, skating in general is not easy for me. So <laughs> okay, we'll figure this out. So yeah, all right, Patrick, let's uh, let's quack this bad boy out of here and uh, let's uh, get into some more serious sports talk. Serious sports talk, more sports. I think we got a sports theme today. Is that we, is we that do a, have a, a bit of a sports theme? So Although, I mean, I suppose NASCAR I suppose on the hat front, you don't have to wear sports hats. You could wear any number of uh, other types of hats if you wished. Just sports are most popular. Some people wear many hats of things. Ooh, I see what you did there. <laughs> well, Patrick, I'm, we're going to quack that one away. The flying V is adjourning. It is is venturing away from us. Because now we are rolling into the 1993 movie, the famous Rookie of the Year, shot in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, Patrick, we got to give this thing, we got to give the the you know the fifth grade style book report for this feature film because uh, this is just a, I mean, obviously we've just seen the Cubs win the World Series last year. This film is never going to be more relevant than it, you know, than it was within, you know, from one month after it was released until this point in time. Like we're at, that was the peak of popularity back then, and now we're right back up there at about where it could possibly be at for the tops, because uh, this movie is, uh, well, it's it's something. So Patrick, tell us a little bit about uh, what you think about Rookie of the Year. Absolutely, but before we jump into it, I want to take and let everybody know that this is starting one of the segments that we're going to have coming. That's going to be uh, ongoing segments, not ongoing rookie of the year segments, but we will be Ooh. doing <laughs> segments in the future that are going to follow this thing where we will take and do fifth grade report book reports on movies <laughs> well after their release. So expect some awesome good five things. paragraphs, five paragraphs, <laughs> introduction, executive summary, so yeah. on. In conclusion. So my book report will be mainly an oral book report, but sometimes you just have to let the big dog out and let the big dog eat, you know, and there's no better way to take and understand the the movie Rookie of the Year without understanding the three R's. Readiness, readiness, recuperation, and what is it? The last one? Conditioning. Conditioning. <laughs> readiness, 
recuperation, conditioning, the three R's to pitching success, you know. Some people also want to take and take and put on, uh, you know, ice. They want to put on hot heat. <laughs> but I've d- developed a system that is much. It's hot ice. You melt the ice cubes. And it's, yeah. So anyway. You've, you've got your fondness for Brickma, I see. Brickma, yes. Brickma played by Daniel Stern, also known as Mar from Home Alone and also one of the two who was in the great movie starring alongside of Dan Aykroyd and Damon Wayans in the all other sports film Celtic Pride. Go oh, do God. yourself... Find yourself a little reference there. I think there's a trailer on YouTube. It's amazing. He directed this film, and it was a journey. It was. I don't think it was as much of a baseball film as you think. Yes, there was baseball involved, but it's just a. It's a, an introspective look into a young boy's journey from becoming a young boy to a man. The story oh, is about the story is about a young Henry Robengarder, Rabin Hooser, Garden Hoser, as the manager <laughs> can't get his name, Rabahooser, and a very sober Gary Busey, um, as they take and try to mold Henry into a upstanding citizen with fine moral val- values and fa- uh, and uh, a future that is bright as the star can see. The story looks at. The three friends, him, George, and a guy who's got long hair that I don't remember his name, <laughs> making a boat. And this is about a boat and how to mack on girls while you have a boat in the middle school era. You know, the baseball is just a little bit, you know, that ups his street cred a little bit being able to, you know. Oh, it ups his street cred a lot. I mean, yeah. he's uh, after he plays, you know, he goes and appears in the game. I mean, he's getting the honeys are after him at that point. Also starring Julie the Cat Gaffney as the female love interest, which I did not make the connection <laughs> until I watched both movies this week. Uh, it shows us in it, like it shows us that you can't judge a book by its cover. People think Henry's gonna suck because he's a twelve year old kid, and lo and behold, he throws really really fast. And people judge the fact that you know uh, his I don't know is his dad no not his dad his. Uh, Agent manager is a good person. He's not a good person. No, he's he's a bad guy. And people, I mean, he he exploits the uh, you know if there's ever a, a truer tale, you know, it's just a just exploiting young talent and uh, young naive talent, and uh, and it just really shows that like younger young people need to educate themselves on the on the you know realities of what the world is. You know, right. if you're 12 years old, you got you know there, there's no excuse for not knowing that uh, you know an agent might uh, you know try and skim off you. Exactly, exactly. And you don't judge a book by its cover. You think that your dad was a baseball player, and then you realize that your mom was the one who was the the baseball player. And your floater will get you through life in general. It's like, no, you got to throw heat all the time to be able to get through life. Floating through <laughs> will not get you through that. Because uh, a major league baseball player would hit that hanging curve just like none other and just... Absolutely. Oh yeah. I and, mean, the, the slow pitch, softball pitch that you throw up there—that's uh, uh, the, no one's missing that. <laughs> no one's missing that at all. Uh, I also like to think about the fact that this has a correlation to six degrees of separation in terms of what is his name uh, in real life. Henry Rowan Gardner, the actor who played that, was also in the lead cast for American Pie and the franchise, <laughs> which you know it seems to have me question if jim's dad eugene the one and only eugene levy was a better influence on his future endeavors than his <laughs> agent in the movie there and i wish we could have some sort of uh uh dialogue you know a a true roundtable as such with all that to talk about this and meld these together but well 
Yes, and that, that's certainly a valid point. What I think is uh, w- what's crazy to me is the fact that uh, you know uh, Henry's Henry's you know mom and and his stepfather you know they they arrange for him this uh, you know with with this agent uh, slash manager, not even recognizing that he's clearly the evil dictator from the movie Commando who Arnold has to you know take out. And it's like, how, how do you not recognize this? This guy's face had to be all over the news. And it's like, you're not going to, you know, you're not correct. This is, this guy is evil. You got to know it before you get down that road. He's also Terry Colby from Mr. Robot, uh, the CTO <laughs> of evil corp. So, you know, yeah, he's just up to no good. He's just, a sleazy... there's nothing good coming from that. Yeah. And then God wasn't, uh, I, I'm trying to think the other guy who was the, the GM who tries to cha- trade Chet Stedman, uh, he was in some other movies too, as just like a bad, bad person. I think he was. God, I'm blanking on what movies he is on. But my last thing is, well, after the release of Rookie of the Year, there was also another movie that came out in 1994 by the name of Little Big League. Which literally, if you watch that movie, you instead of taking and putting Henry Rabin Hooser as <laughs> your starting pitcher for the Cubs, the kid becomes the manager for the Minnesota Twins. So what the <laughs> hell was going on in the mid-90s giving kids a chance at front office and also high? Like, he was a closer. Henry you was know, a closer. Teams, teams are just desperate for talent, and, you know, you're you're willing to go to lengths that you normally wouldn't go to if, uh, you know, you think it's going to give your team an edge. Right, right, right. Also, first baseman in uh, Rookie of the Year was the gentleman who played uh, the janitor in Scrubs, and also the dad in what oh, yeah. was it, the Malcolm in the Middle or whatever. My uh, my aunt went to he went he, he went to Waukegan High School. My aunt went to high school with him. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So Little Big League, as much as people would like to see, it's a movie that is around baseball. I I, I will not say that's the case. It's a it's a journey following a young boy as he discovers himself to become a adolescent. Okay. Does he discover himself as a fraud because this whole thing is a gimmick and uh, you know everything's reliant on some freak injury that uh, once it's once it's gone, he's uh, no longer effective. Like Jeremy Lin, <laughs> Lin sanity. That, that's that's just scouting. That that wasn't a, that wasn't a physical issue. I mean, like Henry's. At least Henry, this was out of his control. Right, right. But still, how awesome <laughs> would that be in middle school? It's like, yeah, I play for the Cubs. You could get any chick you want. It would you be, could, I'm sure, or guy if if that's what or you're guy into. if that's what you're in. Yeah, Not that there's anything wrong. Not with that. that there's anything um, wrong. With that. The uh, yeah, I mean, what I find uh, to be compelling with this movie is one that we talked about is that with uh, the Mighty Ducks, like how big of like the dysfunctional family element is there. Um, you know, you got the you got a mom, and then uh, you know you got a stepfather coming into the mix. Uh, I mean, that's just like just a trend. I mean, you look at angels in the outfield, you have, you know, foster kids. Uh, why? Like, why were these kids like these kids already have to overcome all these odds? This kid's already overcome the odds and become a professional pitcher. It's like this. This guy's really made it. I mean, good for him. I'm happy for Henry, um, even though his, his career was short. Uh, he obviously learned a lot from his mentor, Chet Stedman. Um, and uh, yeah, I think he's become a better human being because of it. Um one one quibble I've got with the with homie though is you can't be wearing jeans when you're playing in the outfield whether you're in little league or the big leagues, uh, you just got there's no excuse for that. He goes out game one of his little league career and he's out there playing right field wearing jeans. Get the hell out of here, kid! Like yeah. wear the wear the uniform the rest of your team's wearing. 
Do you think he was too blindly optimistic? Uh, in, in everything, like he's a kid. I think so. Yeah, yeah, of course. But uh, you know, you you get uh, you get made hard quick. I mean, there, you know, I'm sure that uh, had the scenario gone down again, he would, uh, you know, he would have fought harder for a better contract. You know, he would have worked. Uh, uh, you know, he would have he would have demanded more respect from his peers. He wouldn't have been disrespected by uh, some of the people in the uh, clubhouse that came in. You know, having his manager can't even remember his damn name. I mean, yeah, I think that uh, uh, certainly that uh, that that's an element there that he could, uh, you know, with the with the benefit of uh, hindsight, he could have certainly made some changes there and uh, been a little bit less optimistic and been a little bit tougher to uh, on the front end, which would have reaped him some benefits. What, so what is your take of the movie? Like from top to bottom, what is your take? Uh, I think it's a story about how, uh, you know, we really, really overcome the major obstacles in our life and are able to do uh, substantial things, you know, in, in the face of that adversity, Patrick. Uh, I also think it's a dog shit movie. Um, and I don't ever want to listen to that kid scream any more than he did in that movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like also how can a doctor say funky butt loving on a Disney movie? Cause <laughs> funky butt loving means money. a lot of different things in different places. Not that there's anything wrong with that. The movie does deserve credit as far as some of the excellent catchphrase lines that are still uttered, uh, in, in, you know, relatively, uh, uh, you know, on a, on a relative basis here, fairly, fairly, uh, uh, regularly, I think, uh, pitcher's got a big butt. I mean, that's a, that's a classic, the high stinky cheese. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Let the big dog eat. I mean, shit, we, we were using that one earlier, not only just because of this, uh, this movie, because it's, it's in other areas, but certainly a popularization and funky butt loving. I mean, you, that, that's a, just a spectacular line for obviously like, it's like, can you imagine like them writing this script and they're like, they got to that line and they had to workshop that line. It's like, how far can we push this? And the best the censors would let them get to is funky butt loving. And it's said by a medical doctor as he gets <laughs> smacked in the face. Funky butt loving. That's absolutely. I'm like, did he just say funky butt loving? <laughs> and it's a kid's movie. It was like, it was a G movie, I think. Yeah, it, it was G or PG at most. Yeah. So uh, you yeah, might have had to have the parental guidance, but definitely not 13. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things that I wanted to take and bring back is like, let's go and talk a little bit about character because character is always important. Let's talk about my buddy George. Does George look like he's he he looks like he's a combination of Dave Coulier's kid and the dog <laughs> from the movie Up? <laughs> that is an interesting uh, uh, mashup of characters. Uh, I suppose I could go with that, <laughs> right? Like, because he's always there. George is like, hey, like just like going into anything else. He's telling jokes, but he's like, you remember the dog from Up? It's like, oh, I don't yeah. get distracted. Ooh, Red Ball. Like and then he just goes off on something else, like he looked. That that was one of the characters that I I don't know that that stuck out to me as being one of the funny uh funny moments there. What what always is is going to uh weigh on my mind is like how how long would it have taken Henry like if he, if Henry went to a second season with with the Cubs. Would he have uh, ditched out on on his friends? Would he have walked away from them and uh, you know made better friends with his big league compadres, or do you think he would have stuck true to his roots and uh, and and maintained his uh, friendships with the, the people he is close to before? I think he would have probably maintained them 
as much as he could. But if he was traded to New York, like he had to lose the French strip. Like it's gonna, if, yeah, if it's he came back there, um, it was definitely one that would take and do that. I just made a connection that I'm looking up right now, and the owner of the Cubs, remember him? Yep. So, and I'm gonna look at it right now to see if it is. But was he the Toy Store owner in Home Alone Two? The Toy Store. I don't know off the top of my head. Here, you you let me look while you take and yeah. uh, fill us well, in on some stuff. That so one. Uh, what I was wondering about is like I was trying to think of what the best player cameo was in this because I, I narrowed it down to two. Um, you've got Barry Bonds in this when he was with the Pirates. Uh, when he's approximately, I would say, seventy pounds lighter than he was when he played with the Giants. Um, whether that's uh, you know just the, a result of age, whether that's a result of serious use of performance-enhancing drugs, I'll let you guys be the, the, right. the judges of that. Um, but then there's also Bobby Bonilla, who is still getting is, collecting is checks, still getting checks every. It's like it's in late June, I think, every year, uh, collecting a million bucks uh, off of the Mets, uh, cashing cashing that check. It's Fourth of um, July bonuses. I mean, Bobby Bonilla was a decent player, uh, but uh, yeah, certainly uh, an interesting cameo with that uh, little tidbit of history there where how he gets paid. I don't know, like the the Barry Bonds thing just kind of like it, that one definitely struck me first because it's like, holy crap, look how small Barry Bonds was. Right, right. But also think about it. Uh, Barry Bonds and Bobby Bonilla were teammates for a long time uh, in Pittsburgh, right? With uh, Andy uh, Van Schlick, would have had to have been. Would have yeah. had to have been uh, with Andy Van Schlick as well. So like, they, yeah. I remember playing like Roger Clemens baseball, like way NES style, and like you'd be the Pirates because they were just three, four, five would just be loaded with just absolute, just crushing power. <laughs> like you just like in eight bit form, just like just knock that out of the park. Um, it's odd to see that too. It, I also think it's funny because I was trying to like place the guy who, and it's not the same. I thought the Mets pitch or the Mets batter, the slugger, was Ogre yeah. from Revenge of the Nerds. It wasn't. It was another gentleman. <laughs> but I'm like, man, if that was, oh, it's not there. But 100, uh, percent the gentleman who is plays the owner for the Cubs is the one and only same Home Alone two, the Toy Star owner from there so do you think this is like daniel stern's like home alone 2 he comes off of this marv himself nexus yeah he's like i got this idea i can take and be this guy brickma and just like the three r's and he's gonna let the big dog eat on this one and then go do celtic pride yeah i mean he uh that that's certainly a theory i don't know uh i mean i I hope he got paid for all that stuff. I, I hope he cashed in pretty well, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I can't, uh, I can't speak to uh, what, what the motivations were there or what, uh, you know, why he, he was the way he was in some of those movies, but to hell, I mean, you got to get paid somehow. So, okay. So you know how movie stars rate everything or the, like critics rate movies Yeah. Uh, at the end of it with, you know, you know, this was this, this was this like stars and stuff. It, how many funky butt lovins do you give rookie of the year? I give out of five. Uh, well, so is more funky butt lovin better? Yes, <laughs> more funky <laughs> butt lovins is better. <laughs> I give this movie two funky butt lovins. And the summary? Uh, it's it's a 
movie about baseball and a kid who gets a freak injury and uh, somehow for some reason winds up on the Cubs, which would never happen in reality. Um, but he manages to learn some things and foster relationships. And there's a good chance that Gary Busey is going to hook up with his mom. <laughs> That's a good synopsis. I'd give it two. <laughs> I'd probably give it two and a half funky butt lovins. If I was playing for the Cubs and getting paid, I'd be having a better boat than the fact that, you know, dude was about to get a $25 million contract to go play for the Yankees. Like they're mm-hmm. talking about his agent getting 2.5 million. What is Henry getting? And how does he have that shitty yeah. ass motor on there? I mean, the so. man, the man or the, yeah, like the agent rake is probably 10% top. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got to be getting 25. Yeah. And, and that's big money back then in, in that, in that era of, you know, that was right after, uh, you know, the, uh, well, 93. So it would be before the, one of the major, you know, the 94 strike, um, and the, the, like free agency was still a relatively new concept in baseball. I mean, yeah, there, there's a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of possibility there for some, for some money, not certainly to, in relation to what we've got going nowadays, but, uh, he would definitely be getting paid. He'd be living large. Unrealistic baseball movie. And it ages like a fine milk. It was, yeah, not... it, 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 that is, that is very, a very apt uh, way to put that. So yes, <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. But and and it, I have one last statement. Uh, this movie is a perfect uh, illustration of why parents should not coach, uh, or I shouldn't say that why parents should not coach from the sidelines. If they're if they're going to coach, they better be involved with it. I do not want a kid of any team I ever coach to be looking to his mom in the stands and have his mom tell him to underhand the baseball to a, to a player. That's that's a bad idea. That's bad coaching. I concur thusly. <laughs> but Patrick, that is all for rookie of the year, my friend. Why don't funky we funky butt loving? Funky butt loving. Let's send that away. And like I said, I watched the movie, and I, I think it's the first time I've watched it since I was, oh well, shit. So I was six in 1993. I probably saw it in like 94, 95, and I don't think I've seen it again in 22 years. So um, that's probably probably for the best. And uh, don't, I don't plan on seeing it again for another 22 years. Let's just be thankful they didn't have a rookie of the year two or the rookie of the year three. <laughs> One can't be the rookie of the year the second time. It would have to be someone else. Right. But the rookie of the year two, they would basically be going to like the World Baseball Classic. <laughs> and then they would be going to like try to be varsity on the private school team because, you know, that's <laughs> That's what they have to like if we're following the narrative arc from what these teams are doing this is how it has to go yep that's a fair point i i will i will give you that one my friend but and uh, you yes. and you and i need to start writing our disney kids movie where we can see how far we can go <laughs> with this but we have to i think we can push the boundaries of like how shitty of parents can we involve in this movie like how like how far can we go on that end and then we have to see how ridiculous of connections we can make to push the story further like that's there there are some serious boundaries that disney needs to push these days investors possibly you i think we can operate yes (laughs) we're a good writing team so steve take us away Yes. Well, once again, if you would like to uh, catch us on the interwebs, you can uh, visit our website at ohthispodcast.com. Uh, that's where we have our, uh, we got episodes posted. We've got all sorts of other goodies on there. Uh, you can catch us on Facebook. You can catch us on Twitter. You can catch Patrick and I both individually on Twitter. And if you want to support the show, go ahead and uh, hit us up on, on our website. We got our Patreon link there. We've also, you can go on Patreon's website, find us at Oh This Podcast. And if you'd like to send us a fax, Patrick got his fax machine up and running and he's going to post the number on the website sometime i think 
No, I said flax machine. It's a flax. Oh. It's a flax seed maker. Oh shit! Well, never mind then. Uh, well, I mean, if you want some flax seed, yes, yeah, uh, send it to Kinkos. I'll go pick it up. I think we're gonna make that a Patreon option. Like, donate X number of dollars, and you're going to get a sack of flax seed. An autograph sack of flax seed by Patrick <laughs> Ferrar, right there for you. Um, without further ado, Steve, thank you for joining again from another one. I think the next next week we're doing in studio, right? We are in studio Dude, next week, and we're going to be in studio for several because I am coming back for a while. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We got some silly, silly ones, and we got some fun episodes coming in through uh, right before we head up to Podcast Movement uh, Conference here up in August in the Southern California. The next week, you can basically expect us to be talking about one of these fine, fine debates again action movies from the 1980s to the 2000s oh, yeah. versus 2001 to present action movies. So this is going to be a fun one. Then we're going to dive into the topic that everybody is wanting to talk about. Gummy bears, fruit snacks, and other sugar-based fruit-flavored <laughs> snacks. You didn't know you needed to do that. And then we might talk about a, another obscure holiday that's coming around the coming around, coming to hot. If we decide to let the big dog eat, which we might decide there. Pun well, intended. And, today, and today, don't we have, isn't today hot dog day? I thought that's next week, but still. Is it next week? Maybe it is. I don't know. I'm, my, my days are all mixed up. My, my food-based holidays, uh, unlike my um, food-based hats, which I'm on top of, I'm not on top of my food-based holidays. Yes, we'll figure that out for everybody. But until <laughs> next time, everybody, I am Steve. I'm Patrick. And we are out. <laughs>